Hello, everyone. My name is Chase Beatty, and this is my podcast, Principle of Polarity. So this podcast is a little bit, you know, non-traditional. Um, usually I wait till I got quiet and everybody's asleep and I'm by myself and I can just sit down, gather thoughts and record. But um, this one, this podcast is a little bit more pressing. Um, so I'm sitting outside of the house recording this podcast while attempting to play with my daughters after a very stressful day yesterday. Um so as the whole world knows, um, an African-American man was killed while being taken into custody by an officer who is employed or was employed by the Minneapolis Police Department, by a police department in Minneapolis. Um, first and foremost, I'm going to say I do not condone his behavior. Um, What he did was 110% wrong, and there's no justification for what he did. Um, Being an officer um, and being able to critique what he has done, um, just that the it was wrong for several reasons. One, he had the gentleman in handcuffs already. Two, the gentleman was on the ground. Three, there were four officers on top of him. And five, he was wedged between the police car and those four other officers. So to argue that control of this individual was necessary or they were fighting for control is something that I would find very hard to try to prove because all the things that he had working against him, control had been established way before they even got to that point. Um, I'm not sure what transpired to, to lead to that individual um, landing on the ground or being placed between the patrol car and the other four officers. But once you have handcuffs on an individual, you achieve a level of control. So um, that's my perspective on the way that they had him in their custody. Um as far as placing the knee on his neck um, and no law enforcement instruction that I know of are officers taught to place knees on necks. Um, the neck officers are always taught to try to stay away from certain sensitive areas when we're conducting arrests under normal circumstances, such as like the groin, and you know the kidneys on your back and especially the neck and the head regions so for that officer to you know conduct tactic that i know his department could not have you know taught him or trained him and if they did then there's a bigger issue but i mean that tactic is i mean there's no justification for it um, and I see a lot of the protests that are happening around the world and stuff like that. And I support the protests. I do believe that we, and when I say we, I mean, you know, the African-American community do have a lot of issues that we face in America 
that are very unique to our struggle. And um, when I say that, you know, when I say what I say, I do stand for the, stand up for the African-American community. I do feel very strongly for the African-American community because it is my community. But in saying that, just because I stand up for them doesn't mean I'm against every other race or community. So um, in saying that, I'll continue by saying, you know, the, the issues that African-Americans face in America and in some respects in the world at large are very are very unique so um and I I think they call for unique solutions and I support protesting and stuff like that it's our constitutional right to you know we have freedom of speech and stuff like that now the issue is rioting rioting is um is criminal and even though I'm a big proponent of people practicing their civil liberties and and all their constitutional rights. The issue that I have is when, you know, the exercising of your freedom infringes on somebody else's freedom. And once you cross that line, then that's where I have an issue, you know? So my beliefs that I have, you know, are, are, you know, different. They're not typical. and I won't talk about that on this podcast, but as long as you're not infringing upon other people's freedoms, then then I don't see an issue with what you're doing. Um, but writing is a, ta- a part of the protest that has taken a negative turn. And I feel that, I mean, it, it kind of takes away from the message because whenever an issue happens like this, uh, the criminality and the actions of the few taint the overall message and the potency of the many. And um, I feel that in part with several other things are what helps us not to get us, meaning the African-American community, helps us not to get the message across. So in saying that, what do I mean? So I am all for protesting. I believe that protesting is powerful and has its place. But at the same time, once you attract all this attention, just as much as protesting is an important part of getting awareness to your message, we need to decide what's going to happen after that. Like one of the major uh, downfalls that I read in a book about uh, Americans invasion into the Middle East is when we made these invasion plans for Afghanistan and the Middle East, we didn't create any type of infrastructure to take the place of the infrastructure we had destroyed. So when we came into the country and we destroyed the leadership and the dictatorship and everything that was established you know the order that they had in that country we didn't replace it with anything so now there's factions fighting for control al-qaeda isis and all these other people that are trying to take control over this this country and fill this void or regions of this country and now we have the issues that we have it's just new enemies popping up in the same place that old ones have fallen so 
we need to take that lesson and apply it to our struggle as well. Um, because if we draw attention and we protest like we, we have done with several other killings of African Americans and you know we get the world's attention and stuff like that but then after time goes on you know we return to our normal lives and then things go back as to their usual then what was the point of it like what was what was the point you know so we need to create some type of meaningful change behind these protests so some type of legislation uh, somebody put in office, somebody taken out of office, just getting a person fired or, you know, somebody held accountable, just one person, you know, or an organization isn't enough, you know, because if, if, these killings of African-Americans being detained haven't just happened in Minneapolis. They've happened all over the country. So in saying that, you know, we need to create something outside of just the places that's happening that's creating long-lasting change and there are agencies that are creating policies and you know taking steps to ensure that officers are conducting business different than they have in the past and i applaud those agencies for doing that um but i don't believe it's being taken into you know account by and large so you know, I'm not saying what the, the solution is. I'm not saying, you know, what legislation should be put in place or, you know, what, who needs to be fired or who needs to be placed in the White House or Congress or the Senate. But what I am saying is that if we're going to protest and bring this issue to the world's knowledge and get people behind our cause and stuff like that, we need to use that momentum to then create a change that is long lasting. So instead of just addressing the issue every time it arises, we need to solve the issue. So once we've identified the problem, we address the problem and then we move towards ways to, to solve the problem so that eventually this problem will no longer be an issue. Um, again, I, I have several ideas for what I feel could address the problem on some lower levels. But I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna take a layered approach. Like it's not just gonna be, you know, at your city level, it's gonna be local, state, maybe even federal, you know, levels that it's gonna have to, have to be affected in order to implement this change. Uh, for one, I feel that Africans Americans, African Americans are, not represented very well in their government. So in order for us to, African-Americans to achieve momentum in the government and traction in the government, I feel that we need to place people in positions of power who can more readily identify with the struggles of African-American people. Not saying that other races can't identify with those struggles, but 
there's a difference between sympathy and empathy, you know, um, you can, you know, you can just, for instance, I always use the Marine Corps and stuff like that. You can talk about, you know, all oh, Marine Corps boot camp is so tough, you know, 13 weeks this, and you got to swim and rappel tower and stuff like that. You can read off the internet. You can watch YouTube and all of that stuff, but there is nothing on this earth that will beat the experience of going through that evolution. Um, and that goes for anything, you know, in the military, um, law enforcement training, college, um, working in a certain field. I mean, being a mother, a parent, you know, being a sister or brother and losing that sister or brother. So it's not like, it's not something that others who, you know, associate or are close friends with African-Americans can't, you know, show sympathy or empathy for, but to truly grasp the struggle you have to have been in it you know you have to have felt some of those pains and and those things that are only unique to you know the experience of being african-american and for those out there that argue that you know being african-american isn't a unique experience in america or that you know, racism isn't alive or that, you know, everything's equal and good in America, I would, I would urge you to look outside your bubble and to grasp, you know, the bigger picture because, um, you know, everybody lives in a bubble and, you know, in this bubble is the things that affect us. So, you know, everything outside that bubble really doesn't touch our lives. So we don't think it's that bad. So, like, for instance, in America, we have maintained a certain type of lifestyle. You know, even even the people who are the poorest in our country still don't compare to, like, the people who are poor in third world countries. So that's what I mean by, like, in our bubble. So in our bubble in the United States, you know, we might see a homeless person and think like, man, that's bad. But if you go over to some of these other countries, you know, and you see how they live on a daily basis, then it's it's not even comparable. You know, like like pretty much in any residence you can go into, you can walk um, a comfortable distance up the stairs, around the corner, whatever and get clean water. Some people who live in these villages around the world, they gotta walk miles or a mile to get water for a clean bath or, you know, whatever. So, I mean, we have it extremely good here in America, but we're disillusioned with things because of the bubble that we live in. So, on a smaller scale, we just need to get out of our bubble and see you know that life isn't what it's painted what it has been painted to look like you know it's if we read this is why i encourage reading and looking into history and stuff like that like if we read history books and and even go on the internet and search other types of media and stuff like that like we're in 2020 so 
I mean, we have more access to information than we have at any other point in time in the world. So to learn about the struggles and to be able to have access to that information is not difficult, you know, even if you're outside of the African-American race to look into that stuff and to see, you know, the history behind it is not hard. So um, I'd encourage people in the effort to step outside of their bubbles and to get an accurate depiction of the situation in America, both past and present, I would encourage people to do research and and see, you know, read different books that um, are different from your point of view, um, books you wouldn't normally read, um, just to see, you know, or to get an idea of where African Americans are coming from. Not all African Americans, but I believe that it's the issues we face are com- complex and diverse. So the way one person handles it is extremely different from how another person handles it. And then their level of education and, you know, what they were taught when they were young. There, There's so many factors in this, you know, experience overall that no two experiences can be the same. But there are different there. There are definitely common sentiments that are felt among the African-American community. And that's why, you know, they protest or we protest with such passion. And, you know, it's so heartfelt. And, you know, my heart goes out to these people. I, I feel the loss in the community. And it is disheartening to see another African-American male or female being killed in police custody or just killed in general. But my my biggest gripe is that even though we're doing all this protesting and no, I'm not supporting the rioting, but even though we're doing all this protesting, like we're not implementing anything after the protests to be a long lasting effective change. And maybe something may happen at the local level, but I'm talking about higher than that, you know? not just in that police department, the way they conduct business, or other police departments around the nation. I I want a change in, you know, the way of life, you know, of our way of life in our communities and our states and, and maybe in this nation as a whole one day. But it has to start with people coming out of their, their bubbles and realizing that things are not all fine and dandy. Like, I don't, I don't know what book or what movie or whatever that people are reading where they believe that there are not issues that are present in the world right now, serious issues, what, not even in the world, because that's a whole nother issue, but in the United States, serious issues both past and present that haven't been dealt with that affect people on a daily basis and I mean it's not right it's, it's, it's flat out it's not right and I felt you know the reason I'm making this podcast just off the cuff like this not sitting in the room where it's all quiet or anything you hear cars coming by here comes a motorcycle right now so the reason I'm making this podcast right now just raw and uncut is because you know that's how I feel like it just needs to be put out 
because I tried to put stuff on Facebook, you know, just because I felt like silence is kind of consent. And if I didn't say anything, you know, I was kind of wrong for that. So I started putting out stuff on Facebook. But as I was putting out stuff on Facebook, you know, the level and depth of the problem is not just what we see in the news today. It, it definitely has implications that are felt every day. And to type out how I truly would feel on a Facebook comment would be pages and pages and pages. I mean, I could go on for hours about, you know, the struggles and the issues that we face as a community and uh, some of the remedies I feel for those struggles. Um, here comes the bike again. So, um, I just felt like I had to make a podcast. It was laying heavy on my spirit and, you know, I just, I just had to put it out there just raw, uncut and just 100% me, 100% just me to my audience putting it out there. You know, it's, it's only like 20 or so minute podcasts. And again, I could go on for hours and hours and hours about this, but um, this is something short just to put it out there, just to make people think, you know, if I can get somebody listening to this podcast to just read a book and I have plenty of book recommendations that I would um, give to you if you would contact me um, and you can reach me on Facebook. I'm under my own name. Um, also, I have a website. It's uh, yourtimeisnow.org, Y-T-I-N.org. And I have an Instagram, it's A-L-B Chase. But you can reach me at any one of those. And if you have a recommend, if you want me to recommend you a place to start, I can. Or you could just go on Google or YouTube and do your research that way. But if I could just get one person to do research, just to dig a little bit deeper, then my mission is accomplished. Because who knows what that one person can do. You know, if I'm trying to affect as many lives as I can, as many lives as I can, and it it has to start somewhere. So I'm just putting this podcast out in good faith and prayers that it will be received very well. And I hope everybody has a good day. You know, it's another day. It's a beautiful day. And uh, if you're listening to this, I hope you're alive and well. So as always, I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope that today has in some way provided you with the motivation to push through yet another day. And as you go into the world to prosper and do great things, I want you to ask yourself, why not me? Why not now?